Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello and welcome to the Five Yard Rush Daily Fantasy Sports Show. I'm Mark Ferguson and as ever we are here talking all things NFL fan team. And who else would I be doing that with other than Nick Owen at Nick of Wigan. How are you doing Nick? I'm doing all right, Mark. Yeah, doing okay. Just back to back to the old school this week. Just back to yeah. me, me and you. Um, no guests. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll have someone on next week. Um, it was just a little bit short notice this week, wasn't it? But no, I'm all yeah. good, Mark. Indeed, good. And how was your week twelve? Um, small cash week twelve. Um, the small cash came in the red zone contest. Um, I had one team, I think, that cashed. Um, I didn't have anything in the fumble, which is usually my staple contest. Um, but I, no, I did have, did have a little bit cash in the uh, red zone. Um, so that that was it. I probably just broke, but just about broke even. Um, if not just slightly under for the weekend. So it it wasn't, it wasn't all bad. Um. Yeah, the season long, I've took a, a bit of a hit in that, uh, very disappointingly. I'm sure we'll come on to that. Yeah, I think I had a similar week. I had, I had, a, I had a decent a little cash in the red zone main contest, which is the first one for a couple of weeks. Um, in the season long, I had one of my teams dropped about 100 spaces. My second team dropped about 100 spaces, which was very disappointing. My first team had CD Lamb in it, but it still stayed in the top 100. So that was, I feel like, very frustrating. But there you go. Um, but yeah, I didn't didn't do too bad in the the Seahawks and Washington. Um, I actually only entered one line in it, but the one line came thirty six out of two hundred ninety eight, and only for selecting the wrong captain. Um, a captain McLaurin. Had I have gone McKissick or Gibson, um, it probably puts me up into I would say the top three spaces minimum. Um, no. So that's that's a shame, but yeah. never mind. Never mind. And um, and then um, are you playing um, tonight in the? Who we got here? Is it Dallas Seahawks? Isn't it? No, yeah, Dallas Saints. I, sorry, Saints. It's Dallas Saints. Yeah, I, yeah. I probably will have a little go. It's it's one of them. This one tonight. I've not had a look at building any lineups just yet because I've actually only 
finished work 15 minutes ago, as you know, Mac. Um, thanks for that, Barclays. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just one of them. I think, it, for me, it doesn't really feel like an open game, this one tonight. I'm fully expecting Dallas to come away with the win. I think Saints have been a bit porous in recent weeks. Um, I think to get a little bit differential in this, um, you're looking at like... Captain Schultz, Captain Dallas D, maybe um, to get a bit different. Captain Pollard, uh, that's Tony, not Eric. Um, so yeah, I mean, Still don't know. I can't believe you don't know who Eric Pollard is. That said, <laughs> up until a few weeks ago, you didn't know what a Big Mac was. So, in fairness, yeah, I give you benefit of the doubt there. But yeah, um, um, I it might sounds have like a I've, sounds like I've been sort of cryogenic cryogenically frozen yeah. for the last Some, 30 sometimes years. Sometimes I think that, to be fair. Sometimes <laughs> I do think, like, it's just like these things just passed you by, or no, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's I'll probably have a, a couple of goals on it. I've not had a go building a lineup just yet, but I suspect the Dallas assets will all be fairly pricey versus mm. the Saints ones. I was a bit... Um, I've seen people saying they're struggling to make a lineup they're happy with tonight, and rather worryingly, especially as I'm generally pretty awful at showdown. My lineup just I, I, it was seemed obvious to me. Oh right. My line, my main lineup as it were. So I'm not going to bother entering anymore because I'm just thinking it's just it seems to me like an obvious lineup. But that's worrying. <laughs> so, so do so you feel go. what you feel it was quite easy to make the lineup then yeah. do you uh... Yeah. Well, I have actually just thrown a little lineup together whilst we've just been talking, <laughs> and I don't hate it. Um, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. But it does cover Zeke, Lamb, Pollard, Schultz, Dallas, D, and Taysom Hill. Um, and there's a little bit of flexibility, I think, on the captain there as well. So mm. I might just throw something like that in and just not think about it too much. I think it's it, it, one of them contests where. It's, I think it's either going to be a high scorer um, and Dallas D doesn't turn up or Dallas will just end up running away with it. So we'll see. I, I can't see anything other than Dallas domination. To be no, me honest. neither, to be fair. Especially with really, really can't. There's just yeah. nothing on the field for the Saints at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's actually with, with um, Kamara being ruled out again as well. Mm. Ingram yep. just come back from injury, etc. But Taysom Hill is a touchdown, touchdown hawk. Um, and mm. if he gets anywhere near that goal line, then I think even though he's fifteen point nine, um, I probably hate. I probably don't like playing him as much when he's actually starting at quarterback. I think he's he's more of a threat in the game when he comes in as a gadget player. Mm. Um, so yeah, that would be the only one I'd probably change. But then I don't know who I'd put in because I don't really like Ingram or any of the Saints receivers. So no, it's um. Yeah, I think I think Ingram was the only you know to have a saint in because you have to have a saint, don't you? You can't you have to have one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was Ingram for me the price he was and stuff. Um, if they can do anything, it's going to go through him. Um, so yeah, not expecting much of them, but yeah. Um, okay, great. So um, probably should get on with the scheduled show <laughs> tonight. <laughs> so tonight we'll be talking about our season-long teams. And it'd be nice to catch up on those because we haven't actually looked at those properly for a couple of weeks, really. Because last week with Thanksgiving, um, we recorded after the lock, so it wasn't much point talking about that for too long. Mm. Then we're going to create a lineup together for this week's Sunday Red Zone contest, which has all the 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. games together, so that's a total of 11. And there's another whopping 7,500 euro guarantee prize pool in the um, main contest, which has a 12 euro buy in, and the two euro contest has a Two and a half thousand euro guarantee prize pool, which is still worthwhile. So, um, yeah, we'll be talking about that. But before we do, I just want to briefly, as we've got a little bit of a, a, um, a less of a sort of tightly packed um, agenda tonight, just want to briefly mention Dream Sport. Um, that's the sister site of um, Fantine. You can play there for free. And they started, they reintroduced their, their own Super Sunday Red Zone contest where there's actually 50 euros worth of fan team trick tickets as prizes so top 10 win um win tickets for the following um the following sunday's fan team red zone contest um i think it's usually three for the 12 euro and then the other seven for the two euro and it's completely free to play on dream sport and i'd recommend it if you haven't done it yet because i i always try it and um yeah enjoy it and 
it's exactly the same, isn't it? All the yeah. pricing is the same. So if you're already playing on fan team, it's very easy to just go. Unfortunately, you can't export your lineup there, but what you can do is just build exactly the same lineup because all the yeah. pricing is the same. The contest scoring is the same. So definitely, yeah. definitely worth it, Mark, as you say, especially when there's these kind of incentives where you can enter something yeah. absolutely free of charge with Dream Sports own currency and win a ticket to go and actually win the, the cash prize on fan team. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it's good. I was um I came I've won a couple of tickets on it, I think, this season. I came eleventh the other week, which was really frustrating. And then uh, <laughs> and then last week I was like a third or fourth at some point in it, but again I dropped, I you, dropped you, down as I always do. You'd yeah. almost rather come dead last than eleventh oh, wouldn't you in something like completely, that. Completely. Completely. Yeah. I got myself on the waiting list if nobody claimed their tickets, but it never happened. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, th- the good thing about that as well is you tend to find, I think, Mark, that the Dream Sport contests, because it's a little bit lesser known than fan team, they're, they're not mm. as, you're not up against as many people, basically. So you actually, mm. you've got a better chance of winning on Dream Sport than you have on fan team as long as your lineup is up to it. Yeah, completely. That's kind of what, um, that's one of the reasons that I was sort of attracted to it as well. And also, they still do they do season long contests as well. I don't know if they're going to do a second chance one like Fan Team is for the um, Premier League, but um, they do have all the other ones. So, anyway, I would definitely recommend dropping over there to dreamsport.com and um, yeah, check it out and win some prizes. So, shall we dare to depress ourselves and look at our season long teams? If we must. Are you if going first? <laughs> yeah, fine. I will. I will. I was just going to say happily go first, but happily. I don't think happily is the right word at all. So the state of play with my mm. season long, uh, as you can see across the board, it was a very, very disappointing week last week, to say the least. Um, Jonathan Taylor, the bright spark with a double figure performance. I think everyone else just had too much turkey. Um, so, yeah, pretty, pretty poor, Mark. And it's left me in a bit of a position this week where because of some of the matchups and because I don't like the... I don't like the looks and the workload that some of these players are getting, I've actually ended up making three transfers this week and took a minus eight again. This pod team of mine has dropped to 688 so i have dropped off a cliff because wow. about two or three weeks ago i was in the 200s mm. that shows how quick in this season long you can turn it round either in in, a, in your advantage or obviously not in this case um i've got a couple of teams that are mingling around the 400s and a couple around the 500s but I've got a lot of this, a lot of similar players across the board now with all those teams. So when, like, there's only subtle changes and subtle differences. So when they've taken a hit, they've all sort of taken a hit. Um, but the pod team's now my second worst performing team. So I really needed to change things up this week. And the issues I had is obviously Swift is already, he's already confirmed as being out. Um. Lamar Jackson went on a bit of a spell of scoring quite well and then since I've owned him he's done absolutely nothing to justify bringing him in Um, I feel like Josh Allen was the same when I had him sort of in, well it was between I think game week maybe 5 and 10 I had Allen at some point during that spell and he had a few quiet weeks or underperforming weeks took him out and he absolutely flew and I'm sure Lamar Jackson will probably do the same this week because he's coming up against Pittsburgh and they're they're not a bad team to run on Pittsburgh, you can do it Joe Mixon showed us that last week Um, and he is RB1 in Baltimore but I don't like what I'm seeing from Jackson, he's too Jacqueline Hyde at the moment so he was on the chopping board for me as well Um. As was Mike Evans. When Mike Evans is Mike Evans, he is top 10, top 5 scoring wide receiver, dominant, catches everything you throw at him, couple of touchdowns in the end zone. You get a big score from him when he's Mike Evans, but when he isn't Mike Evans, you you might as well be playing Lee Evans. Like It's just dreadful. that I can't... He's too inconsistent. He's far, far too inconsistent. 4.6 last week when 
Antonio Brown wasn't there. I know Godwin was and Gronk and, you know, Fournette had a good game. But I just, it's too many mouths, I think, in, in Tampa Bay. I just don't like it. It's just not reliable points. So he he's another one that I've had to sacrifice this week as well. So three changes, Mark. Um, and while I am on a roll with my season long, I might as well show you the changes. So the changes that I'm ringing this week mm-hmm. are Kirk Cousins, who I think has flown largely under the radar mm-hmm. this season, as his ownership shows there, 1%. Yeah. Um, but I was amazed about that when I saw that earlier. 1%. Yeah, crazy. And he's not um, he, he's not like a top-scoring quarterback when you actually look at like the list of who scored the points he's not like a a top three or top four but he's still on 217 points for the season it still puts him above the likes of Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow uh, you know Carson Wentz who's been on a tour recently, Kyler Murray who's missed some games but steady Eddie I feel like you're getting per week out of Kirk Cousins you're getting sort of like 15-20 points guaranteed and I'll, I'll take that I'll take that every day of the week, and it's um, he, he had a really good season last year as well, Kirk Cousins. I remember actually being on um, Rich's pod in the off season, Dynasty Island, and he actually asked who would be a good um, sort of like buy low win now kind of player, and I said Kirk Cousins yeah. because he had a really good season last year, his best season of his career, and he's having another good season this year. Naturally, bringing him in meant that to try and maximise points there, I did want a stack. And Justin Jefferson of, of late has, has just been phenomenal. Um, I think you can play him against absolutely anybody. And he's guaranteed work, he's guaranteed targets. So he comes in and I think his price may have snuck up a little bit um, in the price changes. I, I could be wrong there but I just wanted to get him in before mm-hmm. that. Um, the third move was to bring in Joe Mixon, who, again, recently has been absolutely tearing up trees. Um, he's had, I think it's now five back-to-back weeks of, uh, it's four back-to-back weeks even, of 25 points or above kind of scoring, and that's an unbelievable level of scoring. And when you look at his games to finish the season, um, there's some there's some teams there where he can he can really score points again. Chargers, um, you know, Ravens, the 49ers. I, I think there's some defenses there where I think we said this last week anyway that Mixon is almost matchup proof at this point yeah. because he's so involved in the offense. Um, you you can play him regardless of the matchup. Um, I think. The only thing that's held him back in his career is his health so far. Yeah. I think he's got a better offensive line in front of him this year. There's better weapons throughout the offense. So there's not as many men in the box. And you're seeing the best of Joe Mixon. So those are the three moves I've made, Mark. Yeah. Ideally, I probably would have wanted Harris out this week or maybe Jasicki. Yeah. But the other moves felt more pressing. I'll give Jasicki another week. Um and we'll we'll see what happens with Harris this week against the the Ravens, but yeah, it's um, something needs to happen because six hundred eighty eight is obviously a million miles away from the cash spaces, but there's still time left yet. I'm not going to throw the towel in just yet because I've seen that mm. in the space of three weeks, I've dropped four hundred positions in this season long. So mm. you know we're. What week are we on now? Thirteen. I've I've got yeah. six weeks essentially to pull this back. Um, which it's it's doable. I can still get this team into the cash bases. The only thing that worries me now is some of the ownerships on certain players will will start getting very similar down the stretch. But yeah, that's that's me this week, Mark. You've um you should have good to worry about ownership because you got Kirk Cousins. So yeah, you should be you should be okay. You should be okay. Um, funnily enough, I've got um, Jasicki and um, Harris in my teams, my my season, my pod team as well. Um, and I've taken a slightly different um, route to you. I've actually ended up, although it doesn't show on there, I've actually had to do four transfers this week. So I've had to take a oh, minus wow. 16. It, basically, this was just a really stupid admin 
thing. And in fact, I didn't scroll down long far enough to realise that my defence was on a bye this week until after I'd done my transfers. And then I'm thinking, because I've got to catch up, I think I could just have left it and taken the zero. Then I was thinking, I need to catch up because this team's 479th at the moment. So I need to do some catching up. So I took a bit of a gamble by just putting in um, Chicago because they're the sort of high scoring of those cheap ones. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you wanted to, I actually did it. I took Harris out. Um, You know, five-yard rush Murph has been saying for a couple of weeks that Harris is on the decline. And I think um, I I wanted to jump ahead of that a bit and I replaced... And I also had Swift as well, which again I didn't, I didn't flag that till after I'd done my other transfers. So <laughs> in theory, if I'd have just been a bit more observant, I probably could have. Um, I probably actually, I'd still need to do one because I had Debo Samuel, so I'd always have to change three people. So yeah, so I replaced him with um, Deontay Johnson, who's in because he's very low, low owned um, for what he does. He's only three percent at the moment, and Antonio Gibson is one percent. And then I put Jonathan Taylor, he's, he's 50%, but I'm not worried about that because he's just, he's just a good play. And, um, yeah, so Gibson and Johnson both were picked because of their percentages of ownership, really, because they've got to catch up. There's no point picking players which are highly owned. And so I think Gibson has obviously shown in the last couple of weeks that he's, he's a lot more involved, and even McKissick could be out this week, so then he'll be almost completely game script proof. Deontay Johnson is really consistent and almost flies under the radar a little yep. bit. And because of because Ben Big Ben gets so much bad press, I don't think people are quite realizing how well he's doing, fantasy yeah. wise. Johnson, so um, and he and again he he was picking up um, he was getting reception after reception when he shouldn't even been on the field last week. So in some respect, he's almost game script proof. <laughs> if he's going to be playing in a blowout in the fourth quarter, he's so heavily targeted, Deontay yeah. Johnson. That's the thing is, is he, he really sees the looks, and I think. The big Ben bad press mark is one, mm. and I think people assume because Chase Claypool is there, and because Juju was there prior to injury, and Pratt, Pratt Pat Frymouth is there, and James Washington bobs in and out, and Najee Harris takes mm. targets out of the backfield. I think people just assume that it's because it's a crowded offense on paper that he just. I think that's why he does fly under the radar. But when you actually yeah. look at his workload, he, he's so yeah. heavily targeted. Yeah, and he's just he's just he's just consistent, isn't he? So, um, thankfully, CD Lamb is um, fit and healthy for tonight. So that's a bit of a bonus because, um, um, and I've still got Evans in there as well, who probably will be coming out next week because he's just too inconsistent, as you said, from week to week. Yeah. Although you know, looks with... like Tarzan plays like Jen. <laughs> Is that is that you're going to be on your bio, your Twitter <laughs> bio? <laughs> yeah, so that's that's me. Four hundred seventy nine. So a bit of bit a bit of catching up to do, but like I say, six weeks to catch up. Two hundred spaces to get in the money. I don't think I think I think that team's. I don't think you're realistically going to catch up with um the top one hundred. I don't think. Actually, I don't really know about it. I'm just I'm just thinking about that now. I'm not actually too sure. I don't, I think it'd be quite hard to get to top one hundred from there though. But I think, yeah, if you're behind, you just need to start playing these lower-owned players to try and catch up. Yeah, that's. I think that, in essence, that is the only way you're mm. going to get different now and hope that some of the higher-owned mm. players do have bad weeks and you can capitalise on, on them. Mm. Um, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. I mean, you, you have, I, I, I'm a prime example that you can really yo-yo, though, in this season long, but <laughs> it's getting harder and harder now because I think people are gravitating to certain players there was a spell where Jonathan Taylor wasn't that highly owned whereas no. now a massive percentage of the game will have him it's it's almost like having more salary in FPL you mm. you're just having him because most other people have got him and you don't want to miss out so yeah it's um it's getting to that point in the season where it's difficult but do you know what Mark I've really enjoyed the season long this year it's been a good learning yeah. curve and um Transfer management is definitely one thing I'll I'll take forward to next year because mm. I think you, you just mentioned about missing out that that you know your D was on a buy and I think the other week mm. I burned a transfer on on my D because I was like oh well I've mm. I've got the transfer there I've no buy weeks the week after so I might as well use it and 
literally like an hour or so later, one of the players I had was ruled out, and it's straight away it's like it was minus eight. Um, which you know, like you, you took a minus sixteen this week, and I think mm. minus sixteen, you think, oh god, that's harsh. But across, if you're making four transfers, minus sixteen is only minus four per player. So if you can get mm. fifteen, twenty points per player you've brought in, yeah. which is optimistic, but we've seen it happen. Mm. Um, you know, you've you've paid for your you've paid for your hit there. Definitely. Yeah. So um, the other thing is probably worth talking about was um, the final price changes happened this week as well. Mm. So this is a learning curve, which hopefully will, you know, Fantine will keep the same sort of changes going next year and stuff. So again, three million was the biggest change you could get. It's quite a few players who have three million pounds. I didn't because I because I had used up wild cards on every team but my bottom team, and. I didn't really want to change that that drastically. I actually didn't bother doing any changes before, any transfers before the price changes. Because at the moment, this part of the season, I think it was more important to know who's healthy mm. than use up a transfer. Because I think if you use up a transfer to, say, gain a few a few million, but then you're going to end up having, you know, you could have ended up um, having to do more transfers to, because of injured players and stuff. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah. And the ones that rose, I don't think would come as a surprise, really. Oh. Like Cordell Patterson has shot up yeah. from ten million to thirteen to sixteen. Yeah. Um, at sixteen million, I don't think he's in any of my lineups now because I mm. took him out. I think the week the Falcons had the buy or he had an injury, and I've just not brought him back since. There might be one team that has him in, but I, I've just not really got mm. much of an interest there at sixteen million now. Mm. As much as he's he's quite productive week to week um i think 16 million is better spent elsewhere actually i think you can you can get you can get better mm. more reliable players elsewhere i thought it looked quite good actually last week actually you know the old eye test again which is which has um never failed us uh he um before the buy before he was off and stuff before he was out injured and stuff he looked slow and cumbersome i thought i think i mentioned that on one of the pods here Whereas he looked fast and powerful again, so I I wanted to bring him in at thirteen, knowing the price changes were coming. But I just I just you know I just couldn't do it. I just I I erred on the side of caution and just waited to see what happened in terms of injuries this week. Yeah. So um yeah I think um yeah so that's um, so that's the final price changes done now. So that'll be um so now until the end of the season. Now you're not going to be um, affected by that. As we say, if you're trying to catch up, look at the ownerships. Is when you, when you bring in the player in, you'll see the ownership when you before you actually have to transfer them in. So you take them in and out. You can see the ownerships, and I think it's worth just looking at those and just bearing in mind, you know, you're trying to catch up, so you have to beat the field. But I also think, even if you're catching up, there'll be there'll still be players who are doing this who will sort of their interest will still tail off over the next whatever hmm. six weeks. So just by being interested, you can almost move up automatically, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's so that's the season uncovered. So before we go and build our lineups, Nick, listeners and watchers of the show are always asking us about personal grooming questions. What <laughs> advice can you give them? <laughs> Do you know what? I've, I've, I actually saw an advert for this the other day on TV and I was like, wow, I, I, I advertise that every single week. Free of charge. Might I add free of charge? Yeah, um, we just have a word about that. Yeah, but no, the advert really makes it look, look you know, I mean, it's a, it's a great tool anyway, but the advert... I'm clearly not doing it any justice. <laughs> You're going to buy another? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, maybe. But as seen on TV, the Lawnmower 4.0, so support for Five Yard Rush podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in below the waist men's grooming. Uh, recently launched their fourth generation trimmer, as you can see on the screen for those that are live or watching the video back. The Lawnmower 4.0 all across Europe. It is offering you a precision engineered tool for your family jewels, as we say every single week, Mark. Um, lots of great features. If you want to know what they are, I won't list them for you. I would say just go and find the advert or even go on the website and look it up yourself. Uh, but no, there's uh, some really good features there. And actually, some of the other products that they offer as well, which was on the advert the other day, Mark, um, they, they look pretty good as well. I think they've got something called the Weed Whacker. 
um, which is, uh, I think that's a nose trimmer, actually, the weed whacker. Um, but no no one likes a hairy nose, do they? So get yourself over to Manscaped. That is what I'm trying to say, top and bottom of it. Uh, join 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive mm. offer we have for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code 5YARD. And that's at manscaped.com. So when you get to the checkout, promo code 5YARD, and that's manscaped.com. Get yourself over there. Get yourself a trimmer, whether it is the lawnmower 4.0 or whether it is something else that tickles your fancy, the weed whacker, maybe. I think I never know where, when we start those bits, I never know where you're going to go with them, Nick. And secondly, I also feel like we've been doing them so long now that maybe there should be a lawnmower 5.0. Yeah, <laughs> probably not far away, is it? It can't be far away. What Ultra HD or something like that? Mm. Isn't it? Um, so, so shall we? Shall we do the um, start the main events and build ourselves a lineup for this week's um, Red Zone? Yeah, Red Zone Sunday Red Zone. Sorry, I'm trying yeah, to do two things at once. Where you were going with that? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, just the Sunday to... Red Zone. I'm trying to do too many things at once. Let's have a look. Here we go. NFL Week 13, Sunday Red Zone. Let's build ourselves a lineup. Okay. So, yeah, we can see all that. It's all good. Yep. Great. So, let's start off with quarterback. So, Kyler Murray's back and he goes straight in as the most expensive quarterback. And then Lamar Jackson, who you've already talked about being disappointing a little bit. And Tom Brady's also been a tad disappointing. And Matthew Stafford is also being a tad disappointing, I would say. And Jalen Hurts is also being so. There's lots. What I'm trying to say is there's lots of questions on the top here. There is a lot of disappointment. Well, I I don't think I don't think I've said anything factually incorrect there, have I? Um, No, I I have to be normal. Yeah, exactly. And funnily enough, the people haven't been disappointing. Sort of start down here with the Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrows and Carson Wentz, who've been pretty good recently. So, who are you interested in here, first of all, Nick? Um, I actually had a, a, a list of obvious picks this week, and despite them being disappointing, the ones that were the obvious picks were the exactly the ones you've just said, Matt. So Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Matthew Stafford. Um, wow! I think I think they're just obvious because of the matchups. Really, I, the Rams have lost three straight. I can't see that being four. And I think Matt Stafford puts in a performance this week against the lowly Jags. Tom Brady's coming up against the Falcons. We don't really need to say much more there. Mm. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I mentioned when we were talking about the season longs that the Steelers' run D is absolutely dreadful of late. He is a running back primarily, a quarterback secondly, it seems. Um, So, you know, if people do want to spend up 21.3 and get Lamar Jackson in, despite his recent performances, I don't hate it this week against Pittsburgh. Mm. I think they'll turn up there. Um, Jalen Hurts against the Jets. Again, there's only one team that's worse than the uh, the Steelers against running backs, and that is the New York Jets. So I don't hate playing Jalen Hurts this week because he is a running quarterback as well. So mm. there's obvious picks there. Kirk Cousins I do like as well. Um, that said, I think the the Lions. I think uh, I think the, they're a sneaky good team against passing the Lions. I think I've seen it firsthand this season. They gave us some difficulty when we played them. Um, and I, but I think with Kirk Cousins, I think he's got to that point now where because of what is within that offence weapons-wise. I think you can just play Kirk Cousins against almost anyone and he's going to yeah. give you, a, he's going to give you at worst a shootout and you're quite happy with a shootout in fantasy because it means you're going to score lots of points. Um, but the budget option I like this week, Mike, was actually Tyler Heineke. Um, mm. um, a couple of reasons why. Um, Raiders have given up nine touchdowns in the last five weeks to quarterbacks. Um and 20 on the season to quarterbacks, fifth most conceded in the last five weeks versus quarterbacks. So I think when you look at the turnovers that the Raiders D get as well, they're quite a good D on pressure um, and fumble recoveries, but they're not a big intercepting D, which seems to have been 
a bit of an Achilles heel of Tyler Heineke. I think he's had 10 interceptions on the season, 16 touchdowns. Um, but they don't have a lot of turnovers through the air. Um, and what I like, if you're going to play Tyler Heineke, I think it's it's a cheap stack with a Terry McLaurin, who we've said previously is matchup proof, play him against anyone. Um, maybe even throwing a Logan Thomas in there, who, who's back this week as well. So that's that's probably my the the cheap one that caught my eye. There's a few others down there as well. Um, mm. I think you could you could actually play Derek Carr in that game. Um, uh, it's, and, and have another nice cheap stack there. Um, the Seahawks always seem to have the Niners number. So Russell Wilson, you probably. Any other season, you would not get Russell Wilson priced at like the ninth or tenth quarterback on the list. Usually, he's around sort of top five or six. But he has been disappointing of late, as have the Seahawks. But I think he will—he'll probably be fairly low owned, I reckon, this week against mm-hmm. the Niners because they are a hot team at the moment. The defense has woken up. Um, they've got some bodies back. I think he's a he'd be a nice low owned player, but the, like I said, the Seahawks just seem to have the Niners number. It's weird. The NFC West, the the Niners beat the the Rams, the Rams beat the Seahawks, the Seahawks beat the Niners, and the Cards beat everyone. Um, it's just a, a bit of a strange division mm. this year. Yeah. So, regarding your um, the the one of the guys are called disappointing. They're they're all in really good matchups, and you alluded to that completely. They're really in get right matchups. Uh, I feel like I feel like a lot of quarterbacks are in get right matchups this week. I really like Carson Wentz for a couple of reasons. Yeah. One, he's just playing the Texans, and also yeah, I think he'd be a good if you played him without or even with Taylor. I just think it gives you a bit of leverage as well. I think Taylor will obviously be popular going against that. Um, Funny you say about Heineke, actually, when we talk about running backs, I'm actually more interested in Gibson than Heineke, but I'll explain why when we get to that. But I think there's quite a lot of fantasy goodness sort of hidden in that game, the Raiders and Washington um, game. I still think, actually, funnily enough, I think I'd rather play Garoppolo over Wilson, which sounds crazy. I'm not really a massive fan of either of them, but I think I'd probably play Garoppolo just because he's a bit cheaper. It's actually is 1.5 million cheaper. Uh, the Seahawks are terrible at the moment. Absolutely lost their way completely. Um, I actually like, I can make a case for playing Tour as well. He's got some amazing completion rate over the last um, couple of games and stuff. Yeah, and... Tour is another one that had actually caught my yeah. eye as well, Mark. Um, but when I looked into it a little bit deeper, the Giants' yeah. D isn't... The Giants are bad. I don't think the D is awful. Um, I think the offense makes the D look worse than it is, um, but they're actually not bad in terms of like turnovers and um, like points given up to mm. position like quarterback. But I think their season's over, so mm. don't hate that. I feel though that as the season goes on, that the matchup of the opposing defense is almost becoming less important. And I think we've seen that as well the last few, especially in the run game. For example, Jonathan Taylor destroyed the best run defence. Um, Fournette destroyed the top run. And there was another one as well the week before or something like that where whoever was the top run defence at the time got destroyed on the ground. I can't remember who it was. It's been like three cases of it. And, for example, the Patriots, we were told, had this terrible, terrible against receivers. Yet, over the last four games... They've, if you combine all the receiver points each game against them, fantasy points, it's an average of only 11, which is just crazy, ridiculously small. Mm. So I feel like the matchups aren't so important as possibly they were in the middle of the season. And I think that's partly because teams don't stay as they don't stay the same as the season yeah. goes on. Injuries happen, coordinators have more film to and analyse, they can find weaknesses easily, they've just got bigger sample sizes to look at and stuff and I just feel it's becoming less and less important the defensive matchup than the offensive usage um, yeah. so um, we'll see, I mean um, I just it's just something that's been sort of I've been thinking the last few weeks and I think you can, um, but in, with the quarterback position I think it matters because they've all got, it appears like all of our favourites have got good matchups as in all the good fantasy players but we've got to pick one. 
So we've named about 12, so we've got <laughs> to pick one. <laughs> um, and I feel like we've picked Cousins or Burrow every week. So I don't... So, yeah, I, I think we've had Cousins and Burrow almost every week, haven't yeah. we? I think we maybe go a little bit different this week. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm thinking either Hurts or Wentz to go a bit different, but yeah. we, could go, we could go cheap with Heineke. I'm, I'm, to be fair, I'm happy with the Wentz pick, Mark, because I did I, I did like the look of Wentz as well, mm. and I think I think that statistically it might not look like an amazing matchup. I think they're just a middling defense mm. against the position the Texans. But I think again, like like you said, I don't think it it matters too much at this stage in the season when you're actually looking at the numbers mm. behind it because I think game script and the position that teams are in is mm. completely different and has a big factor in the outcomes of games as well. Um, mm. So yeah, I'd, I'm quite happy with Wentz and I think there's a, definitely a nice stack to be had in the receiver position there. Yeah, oh, completely. Sure come on to. completely. And also, I think it's a good, it's good leverage off Jonathan Taylor if we don't end up picking him as well. So talking of which Jonathan Taylor is the most expensive running back this week at 25 million yeah exactly um it's probably because he scores a lot more points than everybody else mm. and then there's a bit of a drop to Austin Eckler who again feels a little bit like an unsung hero forgotten man doesn't he um at 20 million then we've got the informed Joe Mixon who I suspect is going to be very highly owned Leonard Fournette coming off his four touchdown game Madison replacing Dalvin Cook and then an injured DeAndre Swift and then Najee Harris, who we're both pretty low on this week. Mm. Um, so they're the headline acts. Who who catches your eye? Well, like you said, Mark Mixon. I like Mixon. The downside is he he's going to be highly on this week because he's, he's had four monster weeks, and this week you would assume will be no different when you look at mm. his matchup given that the Chargers have given up the fifth most points to running backs in the last five weeks. And they've given up 15 touchdowns all season, um, mm. which uh, just to the running back position, which it, there's only the Jets and the Lions that have given up more. So mm. he's coming up against a defense that is not good against his mm. position. However, if you are looking to get a little bit different and go against what the crowd mm. are saying, um, I quite like the look. I quite like. It's a Detroit running back, but I do actually like Williams this week. Um, and I know we we had a chat with a couple of friends earlier about this as to why. I I, I just think he's a he's a cheap running back at fifteen million. Um, Swift's absence means he's going to get the majority of the work there. Even when Swift has been there this season, Jamal Williams has still been involved in their offense. Um, I think what what people forget is Detroit are awful. We know that. Jared Goff is the quarterback there. And Jared Goff loves dump-off, little dump-off passes, little three, four, five-yard gains. It's like a, a limit to his capabilities almost without putting him down too much. Um, and the thing is with Williams is he does contribute in both elements of the offense. He is, he's not a bad pass catching running back. He's a decent enough running back anyway. He was fairly productive in his limited opportunities that he had in Green Bay behind Aaron Jones. And whenever Aaron Jones was out, Jamal Williams stepped in and he's had some decent fantasy games over the years. So I don't hate that at 15 and you look across Detroit's team and there just isn't really much else. There's mm-hmm. Hawkinson and the receiver position is like a graveyard of nobody's this, this season. There's just no one's made an impact at receiver for them. The production has come completely from mainly Swift and Hawkinson. There's nothing really else there. And I think the Vikings are a team that you can run on. And they, they do give up touchdowns to pass catching backs as well. So I think he'll just be heavily involved, Mark. And I think at 15, it's not a bad it's not a bad shout. I don't think many will gravitate to him because he plays for the Lions and he's coming mm-hmm. up against a fairly hot team in, in the Vikings who need to win games now. But 
I think 15 is it's certainly... If you were looking to go big elsewhere or you want one big pricey running back and one cheap running back, I think he's certainly yeah. a good complementary second back and not a badly priced third running back if that's the route you're going down. Uh, but there's some obvious ones, like you said, Mixon, Fournette. You know, Falcons have given up the fourth most points in the last yeah. month or so to running back. So th- there's a lot of cases to be made there for this running back position this week. There's a lot of good matchups amongst it. Yeah, I think um, Madison is another great play because he just mm. does the Dalvin Cook role when he when he plays when he plays. But I mean, down at the towards the bottom there, Gibson, Mitchell, Williams, like you say, and Barkley as well. To be perfectly honest, I would happily take three out of four of those and mm. spend up at other positions because I think they're all in great situations and great matchups. I just want to briefly talk about Gibson though. I think. And this might this will be probably my favourite mini stack of the season so far is Antonio Gibson and Deshaun Jackson, a wide receiver from the Raiders. Now I know I'm jumping up, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but it's because I just think I wouldn't play Deshaun Jackson without him being in some sort of stack because he's seven million and he's very um, variable. But I think it's got to be my one of my favourite stacks of the year because just the way the matchups work. The, Deshaun Jackson has the revenge narrative going, which, you know, is always worth some fantasy points, isn't it? And, oh, yeah. um, and you know, Washington are the worst team against the long pass and stuff. And the Seahawks even proved that last week when they... It's only on that final drive they actually started doing anything, and that was through um, the long ball. So I just think I really like Gibson this week, and I really like him with Deshaun Jackson. I think once you pick those two, you can kind of do anything, any other position. I think you can then pay up for like a um, Jonathan Taylor, etc. Yeah, but I like Eli Mitchell as well. I mean, he just he is the RB one in San Francisco. I know Jermichael mm-hmm. Hasty might be coming back, but I'm not that worried about that. And I just find a bar, you know, Saquon at 15.4 million down here, it just doesn't feel right to me. It just feels like he's too cheap. I know he's not really done much since he's been back, but but I just, I just it. I just think he's too cheap, basically. That's what do it comes you, down to. <laughs> do you feel like getting burned again with Miles Sanders at eleven point one this no, week if he's good no. to go, Mark? I was I was all on the Brandon Scott train, and then Miles Sanders today has said that he's going to be playing. Uh, Brandon, is it Brandon? Boston Scott. Boston Scott. Boston Scott. Yeah. Sorry, it's Boston. Yeah, I was all ready to back him because as, as the best um, sort of value play. But no, if Sanders is back then I wouldn't play because you've got Hurt, Sanders and Scott basically to share the load. Um, but Scott seems to always get the red zone work, it seems like, doesn't it? He seems to get the touchdowns. So, yeah. Um, isn't there some doubt about Daryl Henderson's availability this week? I think from what I've read thus far, his doubt is more precautionary. Um, mm. he's, he was, I think he sat out practice yesterday. Um, but I think it was more just a precaution. Um, I think they're fully expecting him to suit up and play. Okay, so that's another one. And also, you know, a very popular play, fantasy-wise, the last few weeks have been Miles Gaskin, and he's on the second page as well, mm. which possibly is a bit unfair with the last couple of weeks. So yeah, I don't think I think there's plenty. I don't think you need to necessarily come down here. I mean, don't I wouldn't choose a Seattle running back. They're so desperate. They've signed Adrian Peterson. So um... <laughs> no, I, I I agree with you though, Mark. Like, um, you know, even like Josh Jacobs. We've not mentioned Josh Jacobs, mm. but he had a steadily good game against Dallas on, mm. on Thanksgiving. So I I think even he's in. With with you know contention because I think it's when just, they get on the yeah. goal line he they just go to Jacobs Jacobs is the goal mm-hmm. line back and whenever they're sort of two three yards out it's you know it's gonna go to Jacobs. I feel this could be a three running back week because there's such good value there with Gibson Mitchell, that's Jacobs and Williams. Feels like that. Mm-hmm. I think this week you can go big and then you can go two mm-hmm. budget backs um and and build three wide receiver three running back stable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we'll probably agree here. Should we put Jamal Williams in as our not as um, one of them? Because Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll go with Williams and mm. I I would put a vote for Gibson myself, but 
Yeah, no, I'm happy to throw Gibson in mm. for the time being, and then yeah. we'll see what we're left with budget-wise. We might be able to come back and go big at running back, yeah. and in which case, yeah, if we can, yeah. then we could look at a mix and a Fournette or a Mattison. Yeah, indeed. So, on to wide receiver. Look at Cooper Cup's price, 23.3 million, 4 million more than a second-place um, Justin Jefferson, which is just... Um, um, that's well, it's, crazy. It's That's reflective crazy. of how dominant he's been. Though. And also, I'm fully expecting the Rams to absolutely destroy the Jaguars this week. I know the Rams have been on a bit of a downs, uh, you know, downward slide, but they're at home. The, it's the Jags. I just, I think it's being, I can see this easily being one of those 42-10 games. Yeah. If, if they don't rip the Jags a new one this week, I might, might as well just turn the season in for the Rams. I think that season done. <laughs> Um, three losses. It, they, they have to win this week. It has to be a convincing win. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I can see the justification for the price. Mm. Uh, that said, Odell Van Jefferson <laughs> are down there at thirteen point seven and twelve point yeah. nine. I don't. That Van Jefferson price is quite interesting. He had some big plays the other week. So is that your favorite? Is that who you prefer out of the two of them? Um, I. I don't know because Odell was a little bit banged up. He had a back issue, so I don't know. That's something to monitor. But I, I think if we get a lead, this could be one of them games where we just sort of like pound the ball down the Jags' throat anyway, mm. and and really go Henderson and Michelle heavy. But yeah, I'm a receiver. There's some good options this week. Um, mentioned McLaurin before, Mark. I think he's mm. reasonably priced for. The matchup there, fifteen point seven, I think, mm. is still fairly cheap for what you could get out of him potential wise. I think he's Pittman... been a bit up and down though. He's fantasy wise, he's always a good player from you know, from an NFL point of view. But fantasy wise, he's definitely had some. You know, he's definitely oh, got a, a low floor. He's, yeah, he's a, he's he's got a low floor where mm. if he's going to have a, a low game, you're going to get a six or a seven out of him. Mm. If he's going to have a good game, you're going to get 20-plus out of him. And I think you've, if you're going to play McLaurin, I think you've just got to accept that you're going to get one or the other, probably nothing in between. Yeah. Um, I, I like Pittman this week. I think if we're... Yeah, we need to put him if in. We're going we? with, yeah, if we're going with Wentz, I think Pittman has we're to go in there. Up. He feels far too yeah. cheap at 14.5. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. No about that. Yeah, I, I agree. I also like Ayuk down there as well. Yeah, love that this week. I've actually got Ayuk on my obvious picks this week yeah, because yeah. Devo's out, yeah. And yeah. in recent weeks as well, I know Ayuk had a slow start to the season, but he's, he's really come good in recent weeks. He looks like the receiver that he, he looked like last season. Um, that he's, He was ready mm. to sort of take up the reins and be wide receiver number one. Um in San Francisco, but yeah, he's he's coming too, and I think Debo being out, he might is he too obvious a play? I don't know. Hmm. There is value there with some of the other San Francisco receivers, yeah. but I just don't think there's reliability with the value. So it's it, again, it could be high ceiling, low floor with hmm. some of them, but they are cheap. But Brandon Ayuk, fifteen point two, yeah. I think is a good play. I think I think yeah, I think we should just put him in now. To be honest, I think he, we both agree on him. Yeah. I think we spend it. The thing about San Francisco and the other receivers, I'm actually tempted, we'll talk about this tight end, to think Kittle gets a boost with Debo Samuel being out yeah. rather than some sort of um, player moving up the depth chart and stuff. So, Yeah, I mean, so some of these on, in the um, in the receivers for San Francisco, I know the, the appeal might mm. be there for the likes of uh, Juwan Jennings and um, mm. Sherfield and people like that, mm. but they've, they've been anonymous in for weeks and weeks and weeks, so mm. yeah, I, I think Brandon Ayuk's an obvious there. Um, and his, I, history shows us that when there's an injured wide receiver, it's not often that a another wide receiver replaces them. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'm. Um, yeah. So whereas with running backs, you can back up running backs like Madison, for example, they can get a full workload and be as productive. Wide receivers, it just doesn't ever happen. Yeah. Um, I actually I quite like Smith's price this week as well. I get the the thing with Smith is he's a he can be a bit touchdown dependent. He does feel quite cheap given he's coming up against the Jets. He's thirteen point nine. The yeah. only thing with Smith is he is a bit touchdown dependent. That's that is the only thing with him. And yeah, they're um so 
they're so run heavy. They become more and more run heavy as well as the season's going on in Philadelphia. So yeah, that's always the downside. I mean, it'd be a great it'd be a great play if um if I think the fields are bigger in these contests on fancy him, I think he's a great play. Mm. But because they're quite they're relatively small, like under a thousand, I don't think you necessarily have to be that wacky with your lineups. Yeah. yeah. Um, you see, T Higgins is down here on the second page as well, and that <laughs> that'll be matchup based because of um because of the Chargers and what they've done. And uh, you obviously run against um, the Chargers, but um, you know he's been pretty good since he came back, pretty consistent. Yeah. Back on the the T Higgins hype, you've got Mike Williams down there as well at thirteen point one. It's quite a stacked second page. This actually, Brandon Cooks finds his way onto his second page this week. Yeah, yeah. and um, he's kind of dis- he's started off really well this season, but he's kind of gone downhill a bit and got a bit too inconsistent. And targets wise, has been really um, really small. It's been reducing as the season goes on. So. Um, I don't think we need. Necessarily, I don't think you necessarily want to run back from Houston in your stacks anyway. Yeah, no you've, obvious way. You've got as well. It's it's a tough tough matchup for them against Arizona, but Darnell mm. Mooney's there at twelve and yeah. a half, and he he gets all the work goes to him. Yeah, in in the last few weeks, sixteen targets he had against mm. Baltimore, eight against Detroit. 100 plus yard receiving games in both of those games. He's had touchdowns recently. Mm. I think he's not a bad play at 12.5 because I think it's. No, I agree. It's a he's a wide receiver first... one on this team. Yeah, he's that's at 12.5. So wide there's receiver no... one. No one yeah. blocking his path because there's. It mm. looks like there's no no Robinson yet again. Even when Robinson has played this season, he's he seems to. I don't know if he's out of favour mm. or whether he's just. Not a hundred percent, but Robinson's right down at ten point one. He's just not mm. getting the looks at all, is he? It's it's yeah. strange, strange situation for Robinson this season. But yeah, twelve point five for a wide receiver one mm. who's getting the workload that he is, and mm. given the matchup, you would assume they're going to have to throw the ball. Yep, I think. Crazy. But I think with this lineup, we don't actually need to be on the second page anymore. We've got so much money left. Mm. I think we can choose from some of the bigger boys. So um, if we're going, if we're going big, um, then Mark, the question is, who do we go with? Do we go all the way to Cup? Do we stay with Jefferson? Jefferson's just been so good, hasn't he? I think for the difference in price, four million difference, I would go Jefferson. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. And we'll come back to the filling whether we go four or three. Yeah, with the Rodgers running back later. So we'll move on to the tight end, and we've got George Kittle at the top, who I do actually like this week. Uh, Mark Andrews, and then. Rob Gronkowski came back from injury as if he'd never been away. Um, yeah, yeah. It, I looked and, and then nineteen. I looked, and the Falcons are actually a, a, a decent enough D against mm. tight ends. But I think the the thing with Gronk is he's he's not like a tight end, is he? he he's like, I mean, I mean he's huge. He, he, throughout his career, he he doesn't receive the ball like a tight end. Mm. I mean, I mean he does, but. Like because of the workload that he gets, and because of that connection with Brady, is essentially just a mm. wide receiver one almost. Yeah, um, a big so, slow wide receiver one. But oh he yeah, very, very big and very slow at this stage. Yeah, yeah but, he just um, seems to get open. He he does. That's the thing, and because he is so big, like he's very difficult to cover a lot of the time. You know, he's coming up against linebackers, and linebackers can't really cover him. No. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, some of the mm. the top guys this week, Kittle, Gronkowski. You know, I don't mind those plays. Oh dear me! I can't believe I'm going to say this, but TJ Hawkinson. No, we're not doing it. Yeah, no, we're doing it, Mike. We're going there. We got Williams already. Do we really want two Detroit Lions? That is the the thing, I suppose. Unless you swap out Williams for some one of the other cheaper ones. Yeah, that, that, I mean, if you were doing that, I, I would be inclined to maybe go Hawkinson this week, um, because the Vikings are one of the worst defenses mm. against receivers. But mm. um, and he is wide receiver one for the Lions. I actually like yeah. Jared Cook if you're going cheap at tight end. Um, he's, he is touchdown dependent. He doesn't tend to get a lot of targets, a lot of yards at this stage in his career. But um, the Bengals have given up four touchdowns in the last five mm. weeks to, running, um, to tight ends even. So I think if you're going to go cheap there, I don't think he's a bad look. And I think Foster Morrow maybe mm. as well if Darren Waller is out. It looks uh, like he's going to be out, doesn't it? So that's, yeah. that game there is what he did last time he was out. He basically had exactly the same role. 
And then the other one who's really cheap like this is James O'Shaughnessy, who is the tight end one now for the Jags. If you really want to play a Jaguar, um, and that's kind of his ceiling there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't think, but we don't need to, I don't think in his team, go that cheap. I think we can kind of play. How are we actually one. looking budget wise here? 35. We've got 35. So we've still got defense to play. Um, which we could just put in now, to be honest, here, put in a cheap defence. So to be yeah, fair, so. we we could actually, I think, given the budget we've got left, we could actually go Kittle. Yeah, I think so. And then defence, which we never spend that much money on, do we on a defence? So let's see who's good down here, cheap. Are the Giants against Miami? Yeah, I don't think that's a bad uh, Giants against Miami, or possibly mm. Bengals against Chargers, maybe. Yeah. We've generally the Bengals have been pretty good. They're coming off um well, amazing couple of weeks really. They're the form defence, I think we probably put them in. Yeah. So now we've got thirteen point eight, so we'll go to all and affordable. And here you go. All those players, lots of those players we've just been talking about. So like you say, Gronkowski is almost like having a wide receiver in there. I mean he's down as a tight end. Um but you kind of have to get rid of that idea that he's a he's a tight end on here. He's a wide receiver, effectively. Yeah, um, and I think in recent weeks, actually, there's been some there's been some value in lineups that have been twin tight end. I know we yeah. said in the season long contest mark earlier in the season that we didn't like twin tight end. Probably not in a season long, but week to week, if you're building this kind of lineup, then I think in certain situations like this, then yeah. twin tight end could actually be a good good build and could set you a, set you apart a little bit from the pack. Mm. So Mooney's still available too as well, because we both mm. like him as well. As is Gaskin. <laughs> this, this is a tough final piece. Um, um, I mean, for me, for me, it would be Mooney just because he's a wide receiver one. Um, everybody else here. I'd be mean, I'd be inclined to do that because I think again the mouths to feed in in Tampa and if they get a lead um, it does it just become playoff Lenny mm. kind of game again? Um, in which case you'll be kicking yourself if you don't own Leonard Fournette. But I think Darnell Mooney, like you said, wide receiver mm. won a game where Chicago are going to have to throw the ball. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't mind that. I think he's priced well as well. Yeah. So that is a team I would never build on my own. I just. <laughs> but maybe yeah. this is what we should be doing. We should be doing. It's like so we've got um, Carson Wentz, a quarterback, Jamal Williams, and. Antonio Gibson at um, running back, um, Michael Pittman, Brandon Ayu, Justin Jefferson, Darnell Mooney at wide receiver, George Kittle at tight end, and the Cincinnati defense. Natural fact, if you want to upgrade the Cincinnati defense, we've got 1.3 million, which means we can pretty much choose any defense we wanted to. In which case, mm. I... I think I, I like the 49ers the most out of these highest. Yeah, the Seahawks just look off it, you, don't they? They yeah. look really off it. Yeah. Are they really any better, though, than the Bengals, really, in this choice? I think the Chargers yeah. are probably a more potent offence at this stage than the the yeah. Seahawks have been recently. Yeah. Uh, Seahawks just look putrid at the moment. So, yeah, yeah I'd probably go the Niners. So, we've got three Niners in there. So, we're kind of banking on a... Um, oh, we've got a big Niners stack there. And that big Niners tends me because I do not yeah. like Niners. I know, and I feel, feel like now we've got Ayuk and Kittle, we should really have Garoppolo there. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to stick with it as because we've run out of time. Yeah, absolutely. We've, we've gone over an hour. So um, that's the lineup. So there you go. So we'll be entering that into one of the uh, monsters this week. I'm sorry, Red Zone contest this week. Um, yeah, so that's it. Um, so remember to check out the Red Zone, Sunday Red Zone contest on Fan Team. Check out Dream Sport, like we said at the beginning. Definitely worthwhile. And um, don't forget to do your season-long teams before tonight's deadline. Yes, the luck is tonight. What I would say as well is if you are entering the red zone, um, Mm. it's always worth as well. The contest isn't live yet, but um, I'm sure it will be on Sunday. There is a 9 o'clock Sunday fumble, which is just the the 9 o'clock slate games, and I think the the late kickoff, the midnight slash 1 o'clock game, whatever time it Mm. kicks off. Um, usually that goes live on a Saturday or Sunday as well. So mm. I would urge anyone to enter that as well because I've actually had some success in that 
when I haven't in the red zone contests. Mm-hmm. It's usually a smaller pool of players to pick from. Um, not as much variance, but um, it, it's sometimes that's easier to, to pick a winning lineup because you're just not coming up against as, as many as many odds, so to speak. So yeah, keep eye out, keep eyes out for that as well. Um, and just remember when you do build your lineups, as I've started saying each week, Mark, <laughs> the catches are for sure and touchdowns are for though. And just remember that when you do build your lineups, any parting comments from you, Mark? Um, no, you said it all there. I can't beat that. I really it can't. Cannot anyway, be it cannot yeah, be let's have a great weekend, everybody, and see you at the top of the leaderboards. Yeah, we'll catch you next week. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm gonna do this to protect myself. Do it for them, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.